This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So, Bree, I remember this one time I was in a bike race around Tucson, and uh, I wasn't paying attention. We were riding down 4th Avenue, and there's railroad tracks, like street track tracks, and my bike's tire like went and wedged in to the railroad tracks, no. and I totally fell down and just like skinned my hands, everything. Ugh. I had nothing with me, nothing at all. And it's that times where you want a first aid product and you have nothing. And <laughs> active skin repair utilizes a molecule called hypochlorous acid. When applied to the skin, the molecule works by mimicking the natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. I've used it on my son's mosquito bites, and I wish I would have had it the time I totally scraped up my hands. Oh, I hear you. Like whenever I go paddleboarding, kayaking, I'm always trying to find something that is like an all-in-one that I can take with me. And active skin repair could be used like that. It can be used to treat cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, which makes it suitable for all skin types, all parts of the body, like eczema and acne-prone skin, all of that. With over 500,000 happy customers, thousands of five-star reviews, and ingredients so safe and clean they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest, you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order. Use code NOGUILT. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, joined here by my co-host, Brie Tucker. Why, hello, hello, everybody. How are you? We're settling into pumpkin spice season, Brie. Yes, it is. It's fall. I love my pumpkin spice. I've got my pumpkin spice cookies. I've got my pumpkin spice coffee. <laughs> I am living the pumpkin it's spice really life. It's like your happy place because every time it's your, like you're grounding. Like when you're, you're upset, you ground yourself in pumpkin spice. I do. And it's funny because like I I do it all year long. Yeah. Like I make myself some pumpkin. I know how to make my pumpkin spice lattes on my stovetop. Mm -hmm. So like as long as I can get myself a can of pumpkin, I'm good. And um, my other one is peppermint. So like, really, we're heading into Bree's home stretch. Yeah. Fall and winter, like, I, I just I just love September, October, November, December. That's my favorite time of the year. Oh, uh, yeah, it's my husband's too. But I mean, you guys are both fall babies. Yes. October, yes. like just days apart, you and my mm -hmm. husband. I'm a Libra. Yeah. Got to enjoy all that. And then plus, you know what? I'll be honest with you, the other part of it, mm -hmm. we live in a very, very hot part of the country. Yes. It is finally tolerable. It is. Like, I mean, like, it's the only place I've ever lived that your Halloween costumes are dictated by how well they breathe. Oh, it is true. Like, you can't wear anything hot. Oh, yeah, anything. yeah. Yeah, my kids, like, almost passed out a few times on Halloween when they tried to wear stuff that was too complicated. Oh, yeah. My it's just... And then I grew up in the Midwest where, like, you had to find a, an outfit for Halloween that could fit a winter coat under it <laughs> and not look too <laughs> Yeah, we too don't weird. have that problem out in Arizona. No, out no. here it's like, stay hydrated, kids! <laughs> Once I bought my son a puppy costume when he was one years old, and it was the cutest little puppy costume in the world, but yep. it was so darn 
hot. Like yep. he could only wear it indoors and he only lasted two houses trick or treating because he started sweating and literally melting. Oh yeah. Like, oh yeah. Melting down and sweating melting at the same time. So it's so it's so weird. Isn't yeah. It? And we have Halloween coming up this weekend on a Sunday this year. Oh man. Like I, I it doesn't matter what day of the week it falls. It's always gonna be something fun and like I always just let the kids stay up late and just do whatever. And it's interesting because I actually don't care for Halloween too much. I never yeah. liked dressing up. Maybe it was because I always had to put a big fat coat under my outfit. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. And it rained a lot too in Kansas City. Oh, yeah. We've always had good weather because <laughs> I grew up in Tucson, just like a few hours south of Phoenix. And we've always had good weather for Halloween. It's, Hot. I know, clear. right? And so it's so funny. Like we get excited when it's below 100 out here mm-hmm. for Halloween. We're like, yes options. Yes. (laughs) So sometimes though, when you get like big groups of kids together for Halloween, you might have some drama. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah. Especially, especially if they are preteens or teens. Yeah. There's always a little issue. And today we are going to teach you how to deal with drama between kids. It's something that I did not do as a teacher. In fact, I really refined this when I became a Girl Scout leader. And when we started No Guilt Mom and I researched with all like the parenting experts and especially Tina Payne Bryson and Dr. Dan Siegel in their interpersonal neurobiology is what it's called the field that they specialize in as to how to solve this drama. And you know what? It works. I know. You guys are going to just absolutely love this episode. It's phenomenal because it's a true story, man. Yes. True story. Use the techniques and they worked. And I got to say, our Girl Scout troop, it's a... It's a group of, of a lot of personalities. Yes. Yeah, so we're going to yeah. teach you how to deal with that drama between kids and give you some step-by-step ways that you can approach every dramatic situation that you come across. Hey, Joanne, have you heard about the new family organizing app, Cozy? So I have heard of Cozy, but uh, you started using it. Yes. Okay. I love this thing. It works great for my household. I am a divorced mom. I do my kids 50-50 with their dad, and it has been insane trying to keep track of our schedules, but Cozy makes it so easy. I bet like just the things you were telling me about your kids like needing groceries for the week they're with you, but no way to get the list to you. And right? you can do it in Cozy. Yes, I can totally do that. So like my kids can put in there when they need something from the grocery store for the next week or like, hey, mom, I'm out of face wash. I need you to go pick up some face wash. They just put it right in the app. See, that's such a time saver, I think, for me. Like I am looking forward to getting Cozy and it is available for free in the App Store. Just download Cozy, that's C-O-Z-I, to get the free app today and you can have your family as organized as Bree's getting hers. Yes, it's phenomenal. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids, and we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. So over the summer, we took our Girl Scout troop to Disneyland. And these were girls like that have been together since second grade in their eighth grade at the time. And I would even say 
Some of them since kindergarten. Some of them since kindergarten. They, yeah, some of them the have known school. each other since kindergarten. Actually, preschool even. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A couple of them went to preschool together. So it, needless to say, it's a long relationship yes. with lots of history. Yes. And usually as adults, when we see kids arguing, we want to step in and solve it for them right away. Well, I think part of it is... Not only the factor that, you know, we know when they're being trite and it's trivial arguments uh-huh. and we're just like, you know, move on, get over it. But there's also the factor of, I don't know, I, I would think that it's the same for many of us parents. Like, I can't handle it. It's like nails on chalkboard. Yeah. Like, just, it gives me a physical response of anxiety and I'm uncomfortable. My heart starts racing. My blood pressure starts going up. And it's like, dude, I'm not even the one in the fight. Well, that's really good that you recognize that because, okay, there's two things you said there. First, it's trivial. And that's a lot what parents and adults see in kid drama. But the kids don't think it's trivial. Exactly. And so when we really try to gloss over it and say, like, that's not a big deal. You just need to forget it. It usually doesn't work because the kids are like, what do you mean? It is a big deal. Right. And And their concerns aren't met. And so the problem never gets solved. Yeah. It kind of comes back to, like, how would you feel if you were upset about something Mm -hmm. and the person that you were talking to or someone that you were trying to get emotional support from said, well, that's just stupid. Like you just got to get over it. Up over that. Yeah. Would that not like crush you and make you feel upset? It does. It totally makes you feel upset. And also like that person doesn't know what they're talking about. So Mm -hmm. click ears off. Yes. And also know that like us thinking it's trivial, that is our own emotions. We do need a spot to get those emotions out. So when you have a group of kids fighting around you, definitely like go to your parenting partner, go to your friends and be like, I cannot believe they are arguing about this. This I call is it so my, dumb. Right. It's your mommy texting friends. Yes. <laughs> You're just like side, side swipe texting for a moment. OMG, help me, please. And we're all like, gotcha. Those are your emotions and you have a right to those emotions and you should definitely get them out with someone because they are valid. Right, right. Totally valid. However, when we talk to our kids about them, know that our kids' emotions are valid as well. Yes. And when we go to them, we're looking to help them problem solve and we can't do that if we haven't first been given the breathing room to get our own emotions out with somebody. Exactly. So know that they're valid. We do not want you to like squash your own emotions whatsoever. You need to get those out. So I'll tell you a little story about what happened. And <laughs> I'm going to take you step by step through the thinking through the story. So I'm over here laughing it, quietly, like trying not to giggle into the mic because I know this. I, I wasn't there, people, yeah. for starters. It's rare, but I wasn't there on this one trip. But I swear I can picture the whole thing frame by frame because I know everybody involved. And uh-huh. I'm like, yep. So we had 13 girls. And when you have a big group of kids, you know, there's little like groups that form in it. Like it's unavoidable. When you have that many people, you have to form groups just for efficiency's sake. And so that night we were in California Adventure one day and then Disneyland the next day. And part of the girls wanted to ride the soaring over, uh, it's called soaring of the world. I keep wanting to call it soaring over California, but it's not that anymore. Yeah, no, it's called, uh, Brie calls it the most terrifying ride in the world. Soaring? Yes. So what? It's like the screen. You're in front of a screen and And you're up off the floor and it feels like you're over water in mountains, Joanne. Oh my goodness. Okay. People that have death. another episode. (laughs) People that have deathly fears of heights. Hopefully y'all are out there and someone can give me a thumbs up. But that is a scary ride. Got it. (laughs) 
So part of the group wanted to go to Soarin' over California, and the other part of the group uh, wanted to ride the Guardians of the Galaxy death drop again. Okay, <laughs> another scary ride. Well, okay, sorry. The whole group of Girl Scouts were just crazy. They were just crazy. I did like the Guardians of the Galaxy death drop. It was more, oh, it was more fun than I realized it would be, but... So we had two groups and the Soarin' Over the World line had most of the adults in it. I mean, they're eighth graders, so we trusted them to go off in the park alone because they had cell phones and we were messaging the entire time. So it had most of the adults in it. And right when we got on the ride, this group who'd went to Guardians was like, hey, they're texting one of the other adults. Hey, we're we're going to go on this ride. Uh, it was the rafting ride that... Whitewater. Whitewater. Like yes. But this is an important note. Oh. This was the ride that the entire group voted to go on together like this was the ending the day at the park ride this was the the finale the finale so this guardians of the galaxy group they got done early and they're like hey can we just head over there to the ride and the adults like sure yeah no big deal well that's when it started <laughs> <laughs> because the part of the group that was on soren Got off Sora and we ran over to the rafting ride. The park was about to close and we saw this group had already gone on the ride and then was going through a second time. So this group who was on Sora was mad. They were like upset. They're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they didn't wait for us. And if you look back at it, well, guess what? Guess whose fault it was that they didn't wait. It was the adult who (laughs) took responsibility, who gave them permission to go on it. But... The other group, the group of girls thought they were personally wronged by this. Right. They felt just so betrayed. Yes. But did they talk about it with them? No. No. They don't have that. They don't have that communication. And we as adults were like, okay, well, it's no big deal. They went on once. They're going to go on again. Yeah. So it festered overnight. And then we went to Disneyland the next day. And our plan in Disneyland was to go on Rise of the Skywalker. Like immediately go on this ride. So we all go on the ride. There was no line at the beginning. We get off and one group took a little longer than the other group. Mm -hmm. So this other group was waiting out front and they're like, well, there's no line. We're going to go on it again. (laughs) And then you could see where this is going because... (laughs) Was it the same group that went on the other ride twice? Yes, it was. It was the same group. How are they so so speedy Gonzalez with the lines? And so the second group comes out. They're like, where are they? They didn't wait for us again oh ouch so then it started where you could hear like the little talk back and forth i can't believe they didn't wait for us i can't believe this why are they so inconsiderate what and you just like you could hear them talking back and forth with each other in the line and, and you can an, see the body language probably you going to the body language backs turned arms crossed i bet and as an mm-hmm. adult we're like guys it's a group of 13 like they're gonna go on it on their own it's fine yeah but no They would not let it go. And you could just see like in their interactions, like they would be a little snippy with each other and they would like talk about each other behind their backs. Oh, and let me guess there were eye rolls too. Oh, yeah. Oh, there were eye rolls. There were everything. Eye rolls a la mode. (laughs) So I could see this happening and I'm like, okay, we need to like discuss this. Now, as a teacher before, I would have gotten them together and I would have been like, listen, like we're supposed to be having fun here. Like this is ridiculous. And I think that's where a lot of us as parents would go to. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to like, we're going to nip it in the bud. Mm-hmm. We're going to tell them what they need to know, which is that they are being silly and petty. Everybody just needs to get over it and move on. Yeah, exactly. But it doesn't but work that way. It doesn't work that way. Because we wouldn't like it if mm-hmm. someone did that to us. Exactly. So 
In our class, Calm and Happy Parenting, we teach the happy framework. And happy stands for H, have priorities. A, appreciate your kid's point of view, which is usually this part that we as adults skip over. The first P is process your own emotions. The second P is problem solving. And then the last, the Y, is yield the work. So that means really yield the responsibility for whatever was decided in problem solving. So we're going to take you through that happy framework as to exactly how I sat down with them with the problem. Hey, all, it is Joanne and Bree here, and we want to tell you about a podcast that you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Uturbe, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And in this latest season of Understood Explains, it covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. We actually just listened to the episode, IEPs, Does My Child Need an IEP? And here is what we loved about it. I loved that it was so digestible. Like it was such a short episode and all of the topics, which could be really confusing to parents, were easily explained. And I loved how they gave great concrete examples because you know how much I love me a good example. They explained what kind of services and supports you could actually see on a child's IEP or individual education plan. And they explained those acronyms that nothing drives me more crazy than when there's acronyms and I don't get it. I don't know what it stands for. They took the time to explain everything in so much detail and to cover concerns that a lot of families have about special ed services. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains, or just click on the link in our show notes. From the creators of the hit kids podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild, comes the adventurous world of mysteries about true histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly. I got to say, love the name Max. That's my, my puppy dog's <laughs> name. Uh, who have just recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs. It actually makes learning pretty cool. Yeah. Now, I listened to this with my son, and it was so fun to listen to. I loved how modern it was with a cool aunt that they really dug, and like they dealt with bullies. Uh, my son also enjoyed all the math involved. Like He thought it was really cool. Well, and I have to say, I love anything that brings learning and fun together for kids. I really, really wish that something like this was around for my teens when they were younger. We would have absolutely devoured this on our car trips. It would have been amazing. It's perfect for kids ages six and up, and new episodes drop every Thursday. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Okay. You ready? Yes, I'm ready. <laughs> okay. So the first thing was we brought them together and we went through the H, the have priorities. And part of have priorities is we have to recognize the problem. And then I brought them together for a solution because the priority, it's always the relationship. It's never the problem. Right. Exactly. Like, so we need to make sure that we define whatever is impacting that relationship and that we bring them together to discuss it. And when we bring kids together, your role as an adult isn't to be like, this is petty. This should be solved this way. Your role is to make sure that everybody is heard. Your job is just to moderate. Yeah. To make sure everybody gets a fair shot to say what they need to say. Exactly. Exactly. So I brought them together. I sat them down. I said, hey, like, 
I notice a little bit of tension here. Who wants to talk about this? And let me guess, silence. Yeah, they all stare at me. Crickets. They all stare at me. (laughs) And so then I look to one of the most vocal people and I'll be like, hey, you were saying that you were a little upset about this. Can you tell us a little more? And of course, then once that person's given the floor, she's like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And that brings us to the second part of happy, appreciate your kids' concerns, which is let them speak. And when they speak, though, you really have to monitor their speaking as they're not assigning blame to someone else, that they're only talking about their own feelings. So what I'm hearing is your job then at that point is to moderate to make sure that nobody's attacking the other person. Exactly. Like, so-and-so is mad at us, and I don't know why they're mad at us. So that wouldn't be productive. No. What is productive is saying, okay, I was upset that you went on this ride without us. Mm Mm-hmm. That would be a productive thing. And then once you allow someone to speak, other people are going to be like, I have an opinion. (laughs) Of course, especially if they are 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, like anything around there. Or they're going to want to interrupt and they're going to be like, that is not true. Yeah. And then your job as the adult be like, wait, you will have a turn to speak. Let them speak and let them get everything out. So you have two roles right here. First, you're making sure that the person speaking is only talking about their own feelings, not assigning blame to others. And you're also giving them an uninterrupted chance. And let me just throw out there too, like there's two really important life skills right there that you're letting the children practice. Mm -hmm. You're letting them practice clearly communicating their thoughts and patience. Yes. And respect. Yes. So those are huge. I mean, tell me any parent that doesn't feel like that's a huge important thing for your kid. I don't think anybody is going to say that, oh, I really don't care if my kid knows how to Mm -hmm. show patience or respect or how to communicate clearly. We all want that. So just that that little bit right there. Huge. And so then once one person talks, you let the opposing view talk. And what's very, very interesting is what you'll find is that the two sides are not even listening to each other. I know this is my favorite part of the story. They are so stuck in their own perception of the problem that they have not even considered someone else's point of view. So when the other person starts talking, they will do it all from their own viewpoint, which is totally developmentally appropriate. Like kids are very egotistical. And I don't mean that in a shameful way. I mean it in it's a, a human development yeah. way. Yeah, it's a developmental stage. It's a developmental stage. Exactly. So this other person started talking and they're like, well, we waited for them and we got out of the ride and then they weren't there and da 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 They just go on and on. This is when I stop them. And I'm like, wait, before you start talking, repeat what they said. And they look at me and they're like, what? And they can't repeat it. Right. They can't repeat it at all. They have no idea what that person said. And so I went back to that first person. I'm like, can you, can you say again what, they, what you said? And she repeats it. And then the opposing side, I'm not giving names here. This is why. It's very hard to tell a story when I don't give names. <laughs> child A, child B, child, child, a, child C. B, yes. There you go. So child A said her point of view. Yep. Now you go to child B and you're trying to get them to repeat. And what does child B do? Cannot repeat it. Has no idea what child A said. Like thinks they do though. Yes, thinks they do and is immediately trying to refute it because kids will always try to refute it not to get in trouble. So like a lot of times like what you hear is they'll pick up on what they feel happens. So like... They'll say, yeah, I know what they said. Child A said that they were mad because I went on the ride. Mm-hmm. No. No, that's not why they're mad. No, that's not why they're and mad. And that's exactly what happened. So child A then repeated it. And child B was like, they're mad because we went on it with, we went on the ride. We got to go on it twice. Nope. And I'm like, no, that's <laughs> not it. 
And so child B looks at me. She's like, what? I'm like, yeah, listen again. And child A repeated for the second time. And then child B is like, oh, because we promised we'd go on the ride. And we went on it. And immediately when child B was like, oh, like you could see the body language turn from something of being really defensive Mm -hmm. to being like, okay, like that's what happened. And I totally understand it now. Right. And they didn't before. And it wasn't that they were in trouble. It wasn't anything like that. It was just a miscommunication between the two parties and how that very simple thing of it was breaking a promise that they were upset about, not the going on rides that they're like, got it. Right. I can understand why they're upset. Right. Because again, in that in child B's perspective, Mm -hmm. they still wrote it with them. Yeah. It was just their third time on. Exactly. Exactly. And has anybody else, I mean, out there like, come on, have any of us ever been upset when you didn't get to experience something for the first time with someone that you wanted to? Mm -hmm. You find out that you're their third, fourth, fifth time doing it. And you're like, oh, man, man, why did you wait for me? That sucks. (laughs) So we brought them together. We kept their relationship priority. That's the A of happy. We just went through appreciating your kid's concerns are appreciating the other party's concerns, which is the A, the ad, like appreciate. And then we processed our own concerns in there. And when you're kind of mediating in this, processing your own concerns is just helping them realize exactly what the problem is. Yeah. It's not that you went on the ride twice. It's that you broke the promise that you were going to ride the ride with them. Right. And rephrasing that. And so then once the problem's clearly defined and once both sides really realize what it is, you can move into that second P of happy, which is problem solving. Woohoo! How can we prevent this problem from happening in the future? And what was really, really funny is that's when the adult came and was like, hey, like there's 13 girls or six adults like Disneyland for 17 people is very hard. Like, exactly it is let's just be honest mm-hmm. it's a it's a tough scenario that we are working with people it's tough and it's not a realistic solution to go on every ride together mm-hmm. and the girls agreed with that they're like yeah it's totally not a realistic solution but something else we found is that we adults had to step out of their communication because we are the ones who messed it up like let's just be honest cuz had had the conversation been with the other kids like had it been between mm-hmm. the girls they probably would have said no it's not okay for you to go on the Roaring Rivers yeah not saying that there would have been a whole another fight probably that would there have occurred might have. but at least that communication would have been it could have been dealt with at that moment rather than festering or they could have been like message they'd be like we really want to go on it with you the first time yeah and i bet the other group would have been like got it okay we will wait for you you know what and they probably would have gone on the other ride twice the 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 other scary terrifying ride that Bree just like wants to throw up every time we mention Mm -hmm. the drop but we were dealing with something where the girls were so used to coming to adults to ask for permission that yep. they weren't communicating with each other. And so that's something that we adults, when we were in that conversation, were like, oh, okay, we need to stay out of this. But I think that's also something that happens a lot with kids yeah. these days. Like, I think that they are not as comfortable or used to talking with one another. And so they do tend to come to us parents. Like, I can't even count how many times that my my kids will still come to me and be like, hey, can you call so-and-so's mom and ask if we can go hang out? And I'm like, you are in ninth grade. Yes. Do that yourself. I do that too now. Or eighth grade. Do that yourself, dude. I'll just, you come to me and ask me if it, if it works for me to go pick up and drop mm-hmm. off, but you don't need to be asking me to call people for you. Yeah. Or 
it just it, it, in general, I think that kids are much more comfortable coming to adults than than their friends a lot of times in a they lot are. of scenarios. They are. And we really need to push that back to know, come on, people, we don't want to be the mediators for the rest of our lives, nor can we. No, we can't. Yeah. But I think you're exactly right. Kids are more comfortable coming to us than they're comfortable with coming to their peers. Mm-hmm. And so giving them that practice of communicating with their peers. And like we had a group chat going on in Disneyland. So it's one of those things where we as adults were just inserting ourselves where we didn't need to because all the girls saw everyone else's message. Yeah. Like that wasn't the issue of getting like the message to them. It was that we were inserting ourselves. Got it. And so we agreed that we adults would not insert ourselves in the conversation. Like if somebody came up and asked, hey, can we go do this? We'd be like, you know what? Let's put it to the group. Yeah. And that's the solution we came to, that if they wanted to go on a ride that we agreed on beforehand without other people, that they would then text the group. Yeah. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. And I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder, and I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids, because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. And so that brought us to the last part of happy, which is why it's yield the work. And that's sometimes the hardest step because... We've agreed on this problem-solving solution, but we then have to stick to it. Right. And let me just be clear, because I think that some people might hear this and be like, wait, so you just let the kids like go hog wild and do whatever and you weren't even paying attention? No, we were paying attention. And if it was a matter of safety, you could insert yourself. Mm -hmm. You would insert yourself. But in general, the girls had to figure out to work through it. And no, it was only this specific problem I was yielding the work to. It was right. the whole like asking right. if you can go on a ride right. and Just an adult ride, giving people. you permission to go for it, <laughs> especially when the group had decided beforehand that they wanted to go there. So yeah. like immediately, 30 minutes after we had this solution and everyone was good, I I biffed it. I, ma- I made a mistake. I was asked again, oh, can we go on Pirates of the Caribbean? And me... In the adult mode, I was like, yeah, sure, we could go on pirates. 
And the group brought it back and they're like, hey, you're not supposed to be doing that, Joanne. And I'm like, you're, you're right. totally right. And I gave my apology to all of them. I always like it when I make a mistake because I can then model my apology. <laughs> and, but it's also a really great yeah. sign of a strong relationship too mm-hmm. and trust that their girls were able to come back to you and say, hey, as a person of authority, as an adult, yeah. as the troop leader, hey, you weren't supposed to do that. Mm-hmm. And you showed them that it's okay to voice that in a respectful way to you. You were able to come back in a respectful way to them and be like, dude, I'm human. I make mistakes. I am sorry. Yeah. Yeah. That is huge. It's so huge. many more life lessons right there. But this is like, it's going through this process gives you that respect that you so want as an adult. Yeah. And it's much harder than we think because a lot of times as an adult, we think, oh, we're the adult. We should just get the respect regardless. But to get the respect, you have to like make yourself vulnerable and put yourself in a vulnerable position of being wrong. And mm-hmm. that does not feel good. Like I did not feel good when I made that mistake and was called out on it. Like I felt horrible about it. I'm getting better now over time, accepting that responsibility and not feeling as bad, but it didn't feel wonderful. Well, I <laughs> like, can say that in the moment, like I would feel embarrassed. Yeah. A little bit like, well, embarrassed would be probably the biggest one for me of like, ugh, I just said that. But, you know, like you just said, like we all have to be able to show that we have to show our kids you can make mistakes and you can fix them and you can move through them. And feeling shame or feeling embarrassed or whatever, it's an emotion. You work through it, you move forward. There's no real reason to have felt shame Mm -hmm. or embarrassed. Well, Embarrassment, I think like that, that's a personal thing. But shame, like there was no shame to it. Humans make mistakes. Someone came to you, you answered it by reflex. So a lot of times like we put ourselves at this fear of doing things that's going to cause shame or we beat ourselves up for doing something more because of the shame. And you know what? Our kids are like that too. And they we need are. to teach them that it's okay. Yeah, I felt ashamed, felt embarrassed. But you know what? Apologize, felt better. You guys all said it was good. Within five minutes, it was all gone. It was all gone. And it's so great to go through that experience because feeling that little bit of embarrassment is actually a great teaching mechanism. The embarrassment that's not put on you by other people, the embarrassment that, oh my gosh, I did do something that I can change in the future. Yeah. Like you remember that better. Yeah. You become a better person. You become a better listener. And that's really what we want for our kids. And what I love too is that this group of girls that used to be like super duper tight knit because like when it started, they all were at the same school and everything and mm-hmm. all within a grade or two of one another. So they knew each other really well. Over time, they have dispersed. They're all at different schools. They don't see each other as often. Mm-hmm. They have, like you said, their own little sub-circles within now. Mm-hmm. And plus, they've just gone from eight-year-olds to... To 13-year-olds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they've grown a lot over time. But now they... They are better understanding how to communicate with one another. They are. Yes. And how to communicate with others and how to move through that and how to be responsible and how to earn also the respect of the adults that they're with. Like every single one of those girls now, because that they made it through this trip and mm-hmm. they were able to talk to one another. And because trust me, I've been on plenty of those Girl Scout troop trips that were not as smooth as this one yeah. <laughs> where there was a little bit more drama that happened but I'll be honest with you part of the drama like was all me again with the whole high blood pressure anxiety they're fighting just stop fighting just not, yeah it's hard it's hard to you get can't. past that and you need a you need an outlet to get that out too you mm-hmm. need to be able to talk about that with other adults yes 
happen. Yes. And so, it's hard. It's hard to keep your head about you. Um, but when you start doing it this way yes. and you see the results of doing it this way and how for just this little tiny bit of conflict, you then have this really nice calm period for addressing it like openly and helping them problem solve through it. You don't have conflict after that. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. So like, what were those things again? First thing they need to recognize the problem. Recognize the problem and bring everybody together for a solution. Because as we teach in the happy framework with have priorities for age, the relationship is the most important priority. And then we need to let them speak and then ask them about, ask them to be able to repeat what the other person said. Yep. That is all about appreciating your kids' concerns. It's what we teach in happy because it's from a parenting standpoint. But when you're talking with other kids, appreciating the other person's concerns. We really Really want to make sure they hear the other person's concerns, which is why we ask them to repeat it. Yes. And then also the first P, they're going to be able to rephrase what the other person said. Yes. And they're also going to be able to process their own concerns in that moment because they do two things when they process their own concerns. First, they're saying, okay, I realize this is a concern for you. And then they could say their concerns because they know the other person has been heard. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to have them help to come to a realistic solution, people. Something that can actually work. This is the second P in happy, problem solving. It's figuring out how to make both sides happy in a mutually agreeable solution. And the last thing we're going to do is step away from the problem. Yield the work, which is once you have a problem solved, once you have a solution you're going to try. Let it work. Let it work. Let it work. So we hope you enjoyed this episode of the No Guilt Mom podcast. If you're interested in joining Calm and Happy Parenting, it's going to be available very, very soon. Make sure you join our challenge. The links are in the show notes and you'll get all the information about Calm and Happy Parenting opening because uh, in that you're going to learn questioning strategies and exactly how to draw out your kids' concerns with the right types of questions and all of these things that may be standing in your way, we're going to help you get past. So remember the best mom's a happy mom. Take care of you and we'll talk to you later. Thanks for stopping by. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness, and I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder. And I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better.